Yeah, how are we doing? Woo! All right, yes. Great to see you this weekend, Parkview Church. Want to welcome everybody on all the campuses in uh, Homer Glen, New Lenox, Orland Park, everybody online. It's going to be an awesome weekend together. We're launching into this brand new series called Divine Direction. And uh, this series is based on a book by a guy named Craig Groeschel. And the book is Seven Different Decisions That Will Change Your Life. And also today's message is based on one of his messages called The Power to Become. And as we've been studying this and reading this and just kind of internalizing this as a team around here at Parkview, we wanted to bring this Divine Direction kind of series to everyone around here. I hope that you will be here for all of the weeks. It's going to be an incredible, incredible study. We're also launching a bunch of new small groups uh, during this season, during this series. So if you're already in a group, uh, that's awesome. Uh, but if you'd want to get some friends together, some classmates, neighbors, family, and dive even deeper into this whole idea of divine direction for the next four weeks, all you need to do is check that little box on your program on any of the campuses or on your app, your Parkview app on your phone, just that you want some more materials. And the team around here, we will get you some videos and some resources right away so that you can launch into a small group study uh, with your friends, your family, and get deeper into divine direction. It's going to be awesome. I hope you'll take advantage of that. Now, to get us all headed in the same direction here as we launch this series, I want to share kind of a big idea sentence that goes along with this. This is setting the foundation for this whole series the next few weeks. So if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down somewhere. Here's the big idea. The decisions that you make today determine who you become tomorrow. Now I know a lot of us know that, at least at a surface level, but we're going to really dive into how that works and how we can seek God in giving us that direction today so we become even more who he wants us to be tomorrow. Because it's true, the decisions we make this afternoon determine a lot of who we are tomorrow afternoon, and this week determine a whole lot of who we become next week. And the truth is, uh, I think for all of us, myself included, we don't always have the best track record in decisions. Sometimes we make some poor decisions. In fact, this week I found some uh, different just pictures of people who are making some poor decisions. Check, check out this first one here. Kind of just take this in, what's going on. There's a bunch of guys, they have a kiddie pool and then they got a table in the middle with their drinks and some music. And then they went ahead and, and put the electrical cords across the water and floated it on some flip-flops. <laughs> not, not, a, not a great decision right there. Poor, poor decision, right? We don't always make the best decision. Now, be honest about this next one. If, you, if you've ever done this next one here, have you ever done something like this? Have you ever just got in one of those Target or Walmart carts, you know, and had somebody push you? That's a poor decision, by the way. Those front wheels just do this like crazy. It's dangerous. If you're going to do that, the helmet, you're going to want a helmet if you're going to do that. Uh, here's another one. Just, just absorb this decision by, by these guys right here for a minute. <laughs> this is his buddy just trying to help him out, you know. He's, he's got his saw, he's got a board. This is his buddy's back with an electric saw. We don't always make the best decisions in life. And I know that's extreme there, but 
have you ever had one of those times in life where you wish you could just go back and get a do-over? Man, I wish I could do that again. Maybe it's something you purchased and you have regrets about it. You wish you could just do that again. Or maybe it's a move that you made for work and you thought it was going to be really good, but then it didn't really work out and you wish you could go back and and do that again, make that decision again. Or maybe your poor decision came right after you said something like this. Hey, 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 guys, watch this. And, and then you did something stupid, right? Like on a bike or a skateboard or a trampoline or, or something like that. We can make some poor decisions. But here's what I know. Here's what I know to be true. And here's why we're doing the series. Because every single one of us on all of our campuses including me, we have some big decisions, significant decisions that we're wrestling with. Whether you're 16 or 26 or 56 years old, whether you've been in church a lot of your life or just a little bit, we have some significant things that we need God's guidance on. Maybe one of those things is you're a senior, you're graduating from high school this year and You're trying to decide whether to go to this college or that college and what to study. That's a big decision. Maybe you're in college and you're trying to decide what to do with your degree when you get out or something like that. It's a big decision. Where should you move? How should you use that? Maybe your decision is you're dating someone. You're in that dating phase. Maybe you're in your teens. Maybe you're a young adult. You're single. You're dating someone. And and the person you're dating, you, you are mostly good with them. And you're trying to decide. What do I do? Because we're mostly good, so I do, I just hang on in this dating thing and hope that they'll change, right? Or do I just go ahead and cut ties now and, you know, find someone else and date someone else? And I know a lot of times what you're thinking when you're dating, you're thinking, but Todd, you don't understand. I I know they're not a Christian, but they are so cute. They're just so cute, Right? And it's so much easier for somebody to become a Christian than it is to become cute. So this is tough. And I'm trying to figure out what to do with my dating thing. And it's, it's big. It's hard. It's a tough, it's a tough decision that sometimes we, we work through. And I, I, I get that. Maybe yours is, you know, should I stick with this job that I'm in now that has a lot of security? Or should I try and go to that new job that there's a lot more risk, but there's a lot more reward? Maybe we should do that. Uh, maybe you're thinking, should we buy a new car now or should we try and keep our car rolling for the next six or eight or 12 months? That can be a real big decision. We actually need God's guidance in that. It's a financial decision. Or maybe this, maybe you are in a season of life where you have parents that are aging. And when you have parents that are aging, which is happening to all of us, it puts you in a unique season of decisions, doesn't it? Should, should they live with us or... Should they live with my brother? Should, should we move into my sister's house? Or what should we do with their finances? And it's just, it's not easy when you're navigating seasons like that with your parents who are aging. Or maybe you're on the other side of that. You don't have parents that are aging. Maybe you're in the kid zone still and you're trying to decide, should we have another one? Or should we have three? Or should, should we have four? Or, you know, should we get the snip, snip, snip thing? What, 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 what should we do, Right? What should we do? And we all have these decisions. I don't know what they are exactly, but they're significant decisions. And what we want and what we need is some divine direction from God. 
You know, there's been a whole lot of study in this idea of decision-making, especially with the upcoming generations, uh, the, the younger generation. that we, we call them millennials a lot of times. Uh, and I, I like millennials. I, I love most all millennials. Um, in fact, I'm trying to raise two millennials, so I have a definite fondness for these two. Here, here's my millennial uh, two that, that I'm trying to figure out, uh, Ruby and Cole. And so the, the issue a lot of times with millennials these days is they're having problems making decisions on things. And the research says that the reason that is, if you have millennials in your family or your grandkids or something like that, part of the reason is because they have so many options. More options than ever to choose from. I mean, when I was their age and I got done with high school, it was either, you know, go to college or don't go to college and and go right into the workforce. Those were kind of your options. Today, for millennials, for the upcoming generations, it's not just college, it's do I go to college on campus Or do I go to college online? Or do I take a gap year? Do I take a super senior year? Whatever that is. Do I travel the world? I could travel the world with my friends for a little while. I could start a business. I could could launch a YouTube channel. Should I get YouTube famous first or last? When should I get YouTube famous? There's right, there's just all kinds of decisions, millions of decisions facing millennials. And you don't have to be a millennial to have all kinds of decisions to make. And, you know, multiple choices in decision-making can cause massive problems. You know that, whether you're a millennial or not. The more options you have, the more problems you can have making decisions. For, for instance, how many of you have this at your house? <laughs> I call it the Netflix. Uh, we have the Netflix at our, at our house. I don't get to use it very often. I pay for it for everyone, of course, um, but I, I don't get to watch it very often. But just this last week, I'm thinking, you know what? Everybody's gone. I haven't watched Netflix for myself for a while. I'm paying all this money for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch a movie. And so I, I get on. I have the clicker thing. And, and no, no kidding. I spend like 35 or 40 minutes looking at all kinds of movies. I never watch a movie. I never watch one movie. I know all kinds of things about all kinds of movies, but I never watched one because I had so many choices on Netflix. Here's what Pastor Craig Groeschel says. We have the Netflix generation that has so many options, it's very difficult to make a decision. And I think that's so true. Oftentimes what happens is um, people are afraid of making an imperfect decision So they make no decision at all. And what we need, Parkview, is some divine direction. If you believe that, say yes. Yes, we do, don't we? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to lay the foundation today for this whole series. And I'm going to introduce this one kind of big idea today. And here's the idea. Here's the question we're asking. When it comes to the will of God, when it comes to the direction of God or the leading of God in our lives, what does he care about? What does God really care about? No matter what age or stage you're in, what does he care about as he leads you, as you seek his divine direction in your life? If you're taking notes, there's just going to be a couple things to write down today, and I think these will be great to put into your life or your family or your kids or your grandkids. Looking for God's leading, here's the first thing to know about God. God cares about who before do. It's just always going to be that way. God cares more about who you are than what you do. Right? That's just, that's, that's, that's the way it is. He cares far more about who 
than do. And when it comes to God's leading and it comes to God's direction in our lives, the who part that God always wants us to be, that he always wants us to be thinking about as he leads us, the who part is this, is that God wants us to be holy. That's who he wants us to be. Before we start talking about all the things that we want to do or he wants us to do, that's all great. But he wants us to be holy. It's the Greek word agios. It means to be set apart or to be different. That's who God wants us to be as he leads us. And the who is always going to come before the do. When you look at the life of Jesus, as you study the Bible and, and look at what Jesus says, so, so rarely does Jesus talk about our vocational career. He rarely talks about what we do, but he's always talking about our character, our calling. For, for Jesus, when it, when it comes to him, check, check this out. For him, it's always going to be who before do. He's always going to talk about, here's who I want you to be. Here's how I want you to act. Here's how I want you to be with others. And then what you do is, there's a lot of freedom in that, frankly, in what you do. Kind of delight yourself in that, whatever it is you want to do. But don't forget who you are being called to be. One of the biggest questions I get, by far, over the last... 20 plus years of being a pastor is this question right here. People ask me this all the time. What does God want me to do? What's he want me to do? People ask it when I'm around in the lobby on weekends. They ask on social media. This is the big question. Todd, what? Here, okay, Todd, here's what I want to know. This is all I need to know. What does God want me to do? If you, if you can just help me with that, if you, if you can just tell me. If you can just tell, Todd, if you could just text to me what God wants me to do. I'll do it. I promise. I trust you. I'm going to do it. Just tell me what he wants me to do. And I get it. That's a huge question because there's all kinds of dreams. There's all kinds of things that we all want to do in our lives. That's a great, fine question. But I would propose this to you. A better place maybe to start is with this. Who does God want me to become? Who does God want me to become? Not just what does God want me to do, his direction in that. But let's back up the truck a little bit. And say, who does God want me to become? What kind of direction does he have there? And, and let me just be kind of vulnerable with you here and uh, share some of my life with you and kind of open my life up to you and, and uh, be careful with me. Don't hurt my feelings here. Um, but here's, here's my question. How many of you would say, if you had to vote, and, and I'm going to make you vote, uh, so that's coming. Uh, how many of you would say that you think that I, Todd, I'm probably doing what God wants me to do? Being a pastor, preaching, teaching, that sort of thing. I'm probably in my calling. I'm probably in God's will for my life. How many of you just by a show of hands would just agree with that and say, Todd, this is probably you're doing what God wants you to do. Yeah, thank you for that. So many of you, for those of you who didn't vote, you ripped my heart out right there. And thanks for just, <laughs> thanks for that vote of confidence. Uh, and that, no, I, here's, listen, I would, I would agree. I, I would agree with so many of you that I'm, I think I'm doing what God wants me to do. I, I'm in God's will for my life. But here's what I would also argue. And I would say, I think what I, I'm doing in preaching and teaching, though it's a good thing, it's the right thing for me to do, it's actually probably the third or fourth or fifth thing that God wants me to be. You see, 
catch this. This is so huge. It's for me, but translate this into your life. Beyond what I do up here in preaching and teaching, the first goal and the first direction and will for my life is that God wants me to be holy. That's the first thing. He wants me to be set apart. He wants me to be distinct and different in my life. And then after that, he wants me to be a loving husband. I mean, that's who I am next. I, I need to be a loving husband. And then he wants me to be a good dad to my millennials, right? This isn't always easy. And then he wants me to be a trusted friend. And, and then somewhere on down the line, maybe fourth or fifth or something like that, is what I do that, that so many people see. It's what I do as a leader or as a preacher or teacher or that sort of thing. And I think God's, listen to this, I think God's primary will for my life is so much more about character than it is career. I think God lets me delight myself in that to a great degree and the same with you as long as I'm who he wants me to be. And just an example of this, I think I could be doing what God wants me to do but not be who he wants me to be. I could stand and preach and teach a powerful sermon, but if I go home and I am unloving or abusive to my wife, then I, I'm, out of, I'm out of God's will, absolutely, even if I can preach and teach on a Saturday or Sunday. I can preach and teach on a Saturday or Sunday, but, but if I am exasperating my kids and that sort of thing and not being a good dad, then I'm out of line with God's will. If, if I can be driven and get a lot done and that sort of thing and write and speak and those sorts of things, but I'm not good with my money and I'm not being generous, then I'm out of God's will. I'm not living in his will for my life because it's always more about who than it is do. Who I am as a person is more important than what I do as a pastor. Now, what I do is important, right? But who I am is, is where God wants to lead me and give me that divine direction. So here's the question. How uh, does all of this who uh, apply to you, Right? Uh, it's, it kind of sounds like Dr. Seuss or something, doesn't it? Who and you and, and you and you and who? Uh, how does all of this who apply to all of you on all of our campuses around Chicagoland this weekend? Well, let's get super practical. Let's get super practical with this and God's will and his leading and how it works in our lives. Let's look at a few things. Uh, first of all, uh, for people who are younger or people who are single, should I date this person or not? I hear this a lot. I get into these conversations a lot. If you're a parent, you have these conversations. If you have grandkids, you have these conversations. Here's the thing. Should I date this person or not? Here's just some guidance on that. Let's play this out. Uh, first of all, if you're a Christian, I think you should be dating another Christian. I think you just should. You should be engaged to another Christian. You should get married to another Christian. There's all kinds of biblical precedents on that. That's probably another study for another time. But I think you should be dating or, or, or coming alongside letting your heart fall for someone else who is a Christian. Now, with that being said, I have also seen all kinds of Christians, and I know this is hard, all kinds of Christians who are doing what they should do, but they are not being who they should be. 
Right, so, so they're Christians, they, they come to church even on a weekend like this and, and, and you gather up and, and sing songs about, you know, surrendering my life and my body and everything to God and living for him and for his kingdom and that sort of thing. And then they go home in the evening and they surrender their life and their body to each other. And they're not living with integrity. They're not living with purity in their lives and their dating relationship. And so here's what I would say, here's what I would say, should I date this person or not? Listen, listen, more important so many times than even who you date is, is who you are as you date. Be like Jesus. Be pure. Be full of integrity as you date that person. You live like Jesus would have you live and then let him lead you to who it is you should be dating. Here's another one all the time. Should I stay at this place or should I take another job somewhere else? There's all kinds of questions about should I, should I move to you know, Dallas or move to Denver for work or should I move across the city or should I change careers and that sort of thing? Is this the right time? Is this the right age of our kids? All that sort of thing. Listen, and those are, those are huge decisions, whether you should change careers or change geographies. But let me again back it up and say this to you, and I, I, I pray that you would hear this because I think this is from God's perspective. Who you are at work is your most important work. Who you are at your work is your most important work. So if you're a doctor, be who you should be as a doctor. If you're a real estate agent, be who you should be as a real estate agent. If you're a teacher with little kids in elementary, be who you should be as you teach those little kids in elementary. Be be who you should be wherever it is you work. From God's perspective, who you are at work is even more important than what you do at work. That's his will and his direction for us to know in our lives. What about this? Should I major in business or elementary education or all those sorts of things? Listen, I would say major in whatever it is God's calling your heart toward, and then you just be what God has called you to be in that field, in that career, in in that subject. You be that. How about this? Before you think about the do in the future, think about the who in the present. We, we have all kinds of things that we want to do, we want to go accomplish, we want to dream, we want to create, we want to build, and that's awesome. I want you to do those things. I want to champion those things with you. But before we think about the do out there in the future, think about the who right now in the present. Start with the who and then move to the do. That's always going to be God's leading for our lives. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. If you're taking notes when it comes to God's leading and how we get his direction in our lives. God's will is always why before what. So it's who before do, but God's will is always going to be why before what. Why you do what you do matters. Listen, motives matter to God. Motives matter to God. Look at this verse in Proverbs chapter 16. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. God looks to the inside of not just what we're doing out there, but why? 
Why are we doing what we're doing? What about this in James chapter 4, verse 3? When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. Sometimes there's really good things that we're asking God for and God wants to do them and, and he's going to do them. He's going to provide that job or that person or those finances for you or for me. But right now God's saying, listen, I got it. Your, your motives are not quite there yet. Why you want to do that does not line up. And the why, the motives are, are, are massively important to God when it comes to his direction and leading in our lives. Check this out. It's, it's almost impossible to get to the right place when you have the wrong motives. Think about that as you're looking for direction. And here's where I want to end up. Here's where I believe God is taking me. If that's where you want to end up, you also it's not enough to just plan and prepare and save to end up there. You also have to back it up and say, why do I want to end up there? Because why you end up there is important to God. Let's again get super practical with this. The why matters to God. Let's say you want to buy a car. You, why, why do you want to buy a car? If you want to buy a car, that's a big decision. It's a, it's a big financial thing. And that's a real decision a lot of people have. Why? Why do you want to buy it? Do you, do you need it? Is your other car breaking down? Or is it better for kids? Or is, is it more safe? Or is it a collectible you've been saving for? Something like that. I mean, just why? What are your motives behind buying the car? Is it, is it a good thing? Or is it just to make a statement? You know, that just let everybody know, hey, I can afford this kind of car. And our neighbor has one kind of like it. And mine, mine's actually better. Than, than theirs is. And, and you know what? Here's, listen, a lot of times we buy stuff that we don't even need to impress people we don't even like. Why do we do that? Why? What are the motives behind that, right? What about this? You're complimenting someone. Why are you complimenting them? Are you complimenting them to build them up and, and to encourage them and, and to push them into the spotlight and, and to celebrate them? Or are you complimenting them because you're hoping they'll compliment you and, and maybe then you'll get the promotion or then maybe you'll get the applause or maybe you'll get the position that they're going to be offering to someone? Why? Your motives on why, my motives on why you compliment somebody, they matter. Those things actually matter to God. Why is it that you're, how about this one? Why are you posting that picture on Facebook? Why? Why? Is it to bring God glory or is it to celebrate something God's doing in your life or is it to encourage someone or is it, is it to show God's goodness or his generosity or something like that? Or are you posting that picture so that just everybody can look at that picture and go, wow, they are very hip or hot or rich or adventurous or whatever, whatever it is. Why are we doing those things? It's always the why before the what. And if you want God's direction in your life, if I want it in my life, I always have to be backing that up and saying, why am I headed in that direction? Why am I headed in that direction? Let me share a great verse with you from the Bible. I don't know if you memorize verses or not. Well, a lot of times we don't memorize verses very much, but this is a memorizer. If you want a short verse to memorize for you, for your kids, for your grandkids on God's will and direction, this is a memorizer. Check this out. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Let that be your filter. 
for your life and God's direction and God's leading for you, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Would you say that with me out loud? Would you say this in like a big voice part of you? Let's read it together. Here we go. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Wherever you work, that's probably fine. Just do it for the glory of God. Whatever you're going to do or buy, that, that could be fine, but make sure you're doing it for the glory of God. Wherever it is you decide to go live geography-wise, that's that, probably fine, but make sure whatever you do, you're doing that. You're living there for the glory of God. I love the way Pastor Craig Groeschel talks about this. Listen to what he says. He says, you, you may say I'm just a stay-at-home mom and I'm up to my neck in laundry and poop. Wash that. Here's what he says then. Here's what you should do. You should wash that laundry and clean that poop for the glory of Jesus. Make it the cleanest laundry and the most poop-free baby butt crack ever. <laughs> this is his words. Why? Because you're praying for your child. You're growing your child. You're discipling your child. Yes, it's a difficult season, but you're doing it with the right motives. You may say, I'm just a student, but I've got aspirations one day. I'm going to do something big. Listen, be faithful even when you're doing something small long before you do something big. Serve Jesus right where you are. One day I'm gonna be a missionary overseas. Be a missionary in your biology class right now. Be faithful right where you are. One day I'm gonna do something big for God, but right now I'm just an entry level fast food worker. I'm the fry guy. Listen to what Craig says. He says, well then you do fries better than anyone has ever done them in the history of the world. And then one day you'll be flipping burgers and do them well. Wherever you are, instead of saying, God, what is the big thing you have for me out there? Serve Jesus right here. And then he goes on to say, catch this. When you serve Jesus right here, it helps you get to the right there. Isn't that good? When you and I serve Jesus right here, it helps you get to the right there, which is what we all want. We all want to get to the right there. So serve Jesus right here. So let's, let's pull this together. Check this out. It's always going to be who before do, who you are before what you do. It's always going to be why before what. Motives matter to God. And I know a lot of times what we want to say is just, God, just what do you want me to do? Just tell me what you want me to do. But I'm telling you, if you're looking for God's direction in your life, a better place to start is not, God, what do you want me to do? It's this, God, who do you want me to become? Who do you want me to become? Because one day who you become will be the only thing that matters, right? Who you are is what you take with you into eternity. It's what we're going to be celebrated and rewarded for, who we are and who we've been in God's kingdom. It's not what you do. I don't, I don't think, and I may be wrong on this, I've never been to eternity. I have no eternity experience personally, but I don't think we're going to take what we do into eternity. I'm, I'm, here's what I think. I'm not going to be preaching a lot in heaven when Jesus is in heaven, Okay. I'm just not. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do a lot of this in heaven and, and just go play it out for whatever you do. If you sell real estate, if you're a real estate person, I think that's awesome, fantastic. I just doubt if you'll be doing a lot of real estate in heaven. I just don't think a lot of us are going to be, you know, I'm getting a new mansion because my old mansion was a little cramped. It was a little small, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to upgrade in that and I'm going to get quartz. We're going to do quartz this time in the kitchen because that's going to be better than the granite. And so, I just, I don't, listen, I, that's fine, but I don't think we're going to be doing a lot of that in, in heaven. And, and, and here's what I know for 
the, a fact, because I've talked to so many people who have been at the end of life. When you come to the end of your life, or when you have your life flash before your eyes, I promise you it's a whole lot more about who than do. And I can tell you this from experience. I can. Just two weeks ago now, two weeks ago today, about 10, 15 p.m., I was with some friends in Las Vegas Sunday night, sitting in the lobby of the Mandalay Bay, 10, 15, 10, 20 a.m., or 10 p.m., when the shooting broke out. We were sitting there. We weren't outside at the outside venue. We were right inside. We were watching a classic rock band, and about 10.30, our concert right inside there got interrupted by four or five guys in riot gear, combat gear with machine guns up in front of their faces, and they were yelling, get down, get down. We had no idea what was going on. I thought they were the, the bad guys. I didn't know. And we were just getting down. The next 15 or 20 minutes was just craziest. I'm thinking about who I am in my life. Here's one of the pictures I took just right in the back of the Mandalay Bay. I was hiding right inside the Mandalay Bay as everybody's running. It's, it's a little bit blurry. I took that with my phone. It's blurry because I was freaking out, okay, at this point. And, but that's, that's just right inside there. And, and then we snuck out the back and we were hiding for about 25, 30 minutes, right along in the bushes, literally hiding in the bushes, in the trees, right alongside the hotel, right down below where the guy had been shooting across the street. This is some SWAT team going right outside in front of us as we're, as we're hiding alongside there. And, and, and I promise you, at that point, I'm not thinking about what I'm going to do next or where I'm going to go. Or Man, that's going to be great to be back. I'm thinking about who I am who I am as a person. Here's just a short video I, I took on my phone of the Mandalay Bay that day. promise when you come to those moments in life, it's, 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 it's about people. It's not about what you do. It's about people. It's about who you are. And, and that's what Jesus would lead us to in our life, that divine direction. It's all about loving God and, and loving others, right? And Jesus was the ultimate at showing us how to be who we should be. And I know right now, I know some of you listen, I know some of you are thinking, you know, Todd, okay, here, here's the thing, and this is all good, and being like Jesus, and the who, and the do, and all that kind of thing, but here's the thing, some of you are thinking, I came here this weekend because I need to know what to do, okay? I saw it on Facebook, I saw it on Instagram, I thought you would tell me what to do, okay? That's why I'm here for the divine direction, I would like some of that, in case, and so, and here's, I, in case you missed it, in case, I, let's, it all comes down to this, here's, here's where this is all coming to today, if you want to know what to do, here it is, check this out. If you are becoming the right who, God will help you choose the right do. I promise that you become the right who on the inside, God's going to help you choose the right do on the outside. It's going to become even more and more obvious to you or your kids or your grandkids. Look at this verse, you all know it in Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. You know that verse, right? But it's a whole lot of who before do. It's a whole lot of who you are. You're a person that trusts in the Lord. You're a person that leans not on your own understanding. Those are all internal things. You're a person that acknowledges him in all of your ways. And when you do all that inside stuff, when you become, when I become who we should 
B, what happens? Then the very last part is God does what he, should, what, what he wants to do. He, he will direct your paths. You be who you should be. Lean on him, trust him, acknowledge him, and then he will do what you want and need him to do. He will direct your paths. So here's the next step for this weekend. Before you think about the do out there, think about the who right here. As we launch into this series that we're going to go deeper and deeper into God's divine direction, think about not just everything you're going to do this week, but think about who you are today and let God build into you for that future thing that's going to happen in your life. Amen? Let's pray together. God, thanks for today. Thanks for the opportunity we have to think about you and how you work and how you lead us and what you, eat, what you care about. God, I think a lot of times what you care about and what I care about, they're not always the same. And so God, I pray that, that we could just be more in line and on board with the who we are, not just what we're doing. And God, we could think about our motives and why we do what we do. And then, God, I pray that you would lead us. You've led us all so many times. I pray that you would do it again. I pray that we would be who we should be, and then you would lead us again. God, just do it again in our lives the way you've done for us so many times and so many others throughout history. God, grant us your divine direction. In Jesus' name, amen.